This show is brought to you by listeners and viewers like you. EvanX.com Tesla Accessories, AbstractOcean.com Tesla Accessories, our TeslaOwnersOnline.com community, and our Patreon supporters at Patreon.com slash TeslaOwnersOnline. Hello, everyone. Uh, Eric and I are sharing a phone together. We're just waiting for Ian to come in as a co-host. Uh, yeah, so we decided to try this as um, as an alternative to doing the usual podcast because it gives an opportunity for our listeners to to join in and ask questions and participate. So uh, we probably won't make a habit of doing this all the time. I happen to be in Florida right now, uh, joining with Eric, so I don't have my whole studio with me. So we figured we'd just try this like this. Um, I mean, it's, it's, it's been a while. Yeah. We haven't really uh, had a show since the beginning of January. It's been almost two months. So we figured there's a lot of news in the world today, especially in the world of EVs. So we're, um, we figured we'd get some stories out there and talk about some of the hottest news with Tesla and Rivian and others. And also, uh, Ian, when he finally gets settled in, will actually talk about his experience thus far with having FSD now that it's live in Canada. Yeah, exactly. Um, for those of you who are joining in for the first time on Twitter Spaces, if you have a question or comment or something like that, you need to raise your hand. There is an icon for that, and then uh, we'll let you in on the stuff. So we'll, we'll do a little bit of talking and stuff, and then we'll uh, we'll see how things go. This is our first time using this, so <laughs> you have to bear with us. Uh, we participated in many of these things before, but this is the first time actually hosting one here. While we're getting uh, Ian's technical issues resolved, I want to thank all of you for spending some time with us tonight to join live. Uh, we normally don't do a lot of live shows. Uh, usually if there's a earnings call or something like that, we try to do a live show. Uh, but otherwise, this is it's good to actually have you guys all here. Uh, we'll probably spend about uh, 45, maybe 60 minutes together to uh, to get in here and get things started. So we'll, uh, we appreciate you guys joining us and uh, being here tonight. While we get Ian sorted out, do we want to start there, Eric, and then uh, I'll, I'll sort out uh, Ian as we get going. Yeah, we uh, I think the big, the, the big breaking news this week um, is, looks like uh, Giga Berlin is finally, after all of these months, many, 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 many delays, uh, going to get their approval uh, for the factory. Um, it's important to note that the, and this is according to Reuters here, approval procedure for Tesla factory near Berlin has been completed. Um, however, um, that's just for building permits and the like. They haven't received actual permission to start building cars yet. Now, they have been granted a temporary proviso uh, to build about, I think it was, what, a 2,000 cars or something like that, pre-production cars. They can't be sold to customers yet. Um, the last we heard is that some of those cars are going to be sent for scrap. Other ones will be used internally uh, by employees or uh, for driving around on the grounds and the, and the like. So anyways, they can't sell to customers yet. We still have to wait for that. Originally, the factory was supposed to start producing cars in October of last year. But the uh, German system is uh, very slow. So anyways, looks like they're going to get approval. There is a press conference scheduled for, what, about 3 o'clock in the afternoon, local time, I think, in Germany on Friday. So look for that. Uh, you can follow us on social media, on Twitter, and We'll send out uh, invites for that. We're still trying to get Ian here, sort of. Then, um, <clears throat> where? Oh my God, Ian! <laughs> um, yeah, Ian's having some technical difficulties. Oh my gosh! Maybe I should join in on my end and make sure that it actually works. <laughs> Start listening. Got it. Okay, hopefully I don't have any feedback on my end.
join in. I know it's your first time using this app, so there's nowhere to join. Welcome, yes. Raj. <laughs> hey, our friend Raj has joined in. We also have uh, a few people in here. We have uh, Somi there, uh, Steve, uh, sorry, uh, not Steve, but um, uh, Darren from uh, Drive Tesla has joined in and a few other people. Like I said, <clears throat> we're just in the preliminary parts of just discussing just a few news items. Um, there's there's quite a bit more that we want to uh, talk about as well. Also, the thing we have to remember here with this uh, Twitter space thing is that there's no provision for us. We are recording, by the way, uh, but there's no provision for us to record or to download the audio in the app itself. They do give us a method to pull the audio out uh, by pulling out the uh, profile uh, on Twitter and converting it to an audio file. So we will endeavor to do that, to post it on our um, audio podcast and hopefully get it up on YouTube later on. So, so just so you know, we are recording this and hopefully we'll be able to pull it out and then post it for everybody's benefit that uh, we're not able to join necessarily. So what else have we got here, Eric? Yeah, we're checking out something here for a second. For yeah, we're just doing Ian. a little technical difficulty thing here. We're trying to get Ian to sort out here to get in involved. Mm -mm -mm -mm. Is he still listening? He's still listening. This is the fun thing of trying things for the very first time when you're, <laughs> when you're in technical. You know, we should have like played this out before, but we haven't done that, so we're doing it for the very first time here. Ian, you have to be on. Yeah, he's he's in the room. Yeah, he's in the room for he's sure. Li he's listening. Okay. You have to accept the. Uh, Ian, you have to accept the invite, so you should get a notification. Uh, to be a speaker, we've invited you and mm -hmm. co-host, and you have to accept it. All right, well, let's move on. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Giga Texas. Giga Texas discussion. Uh, real quickly, we've noticed, uh, well, there's daily flights, um, of course, by the quad squad down there. A bunch of guys. Uh, we got uh, Jeff Roberts, of course, uh, one of the crew, and uh, Joe Tegmeyer do a fantastic job of flying their drones over Giga Texas on a daily basis. If you haven't seen their uh, YouTube channels, please make sure you search for them. They got do some really great work. Please support them on Patreon and stuff. They do a great job. Anyway, uh, lately we've been counting, and I counted today approximately 300. That was of this morning, so um, they usually post their videos a little bit later in the day, so I haven't checked here today. But there's uh, in excess of 300 Model Ys have been produced at the factory and stored on the grounds. So far, no other colors other than black and the dark blue. Maybe some midnight silvers. It's hard to, to, to distinguish. No performance Model Ys at this point other than the first few that were probably seen uh, leaving the factory a couple of weeks ago. I think Jeff Roberts sport, sported those. So anyways, these are all long-range Model Ys. So I know a lot of people were kind of wondering, like, what, what is Tesla going to be producing on the factory? Um, you know, we know they're going to produce all variants of the Model Y, but right now they've been producing basically the long-range ones, which is encouraging because, you know, a lot of people are thinking, well, there's not going to be enough supply of 4680 cells, so why don't they just start producing the performance cars? But obviously that's not seemed to be the case. They are definitely producing uh, long-range Model Ys. And we know this because it's pretty obvious if you look at the wheels. Performance wheels are different. These are the uh, Gemini wheels, which are the uh, plastic-covered ones. So that's encouraging. Also, I've uh, been paying very close attention. Uh, none of them have been sporting the white interior yet. So it looks like they're just making, you know, black uh, interior, the stock interiors <clears throat> in the uh, dark colors at this point. So, you know, I have one on order. I'm hoping to get one out of Austin. Not that it means anything at the end of the day. Maybe we can have a talk about that too, right? Uh, how's Ian doing? Is he in yet? My goodness. 
<laughs> Eric is having a private chat with Ian via text while we try to get his uh, technical difficulties sorted out. Um, do we want to get some people in to, to talk real quick? Sure. If, you, uh, if you're familiar with Twitter Spaces, if you want to have a chance to talk with us, just go ahead and submit a request via the app to go ahead and uh, try to become a speaker here in the show. Yeah, basically raise your hand. And uh, we will go ahead and uh, chime you in so you can actually ask your question or just even have some feedback there. We already have a request here. So we'll let Raj in. What's up, Raj? Can we hear him? He is muted. He's muted. Raj, why are you muted? Unmute yourself, man. No, I'm not. I am. There he is. There he is. (laughs) Hey, man. How's it going? You've made it to the big time, my friend. I made it to the What's going on? There we go. Actually, you guys are those of you don't know Raj. Yes. Raj has joined us many times on the podcast in the past. There we go. Now Ian's here too. Welcome, Ian. Finally. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I made it depart. Well, you know what it is? This is this is what happens when Ian uses his computer not realizing that Twitter spaces works with your phone. You can listen on the web, but you can't talk from the web. You actually have to join from your oh, phone. Was that what you were doing? Yeah. What the hell am I yeah, using? He's, the... he's... Nobody said you had to use the phone. Where is it written you had to use the phone? I mean, you had time to figure this out. I mean, I mean I'm going to give you some slack. No, you clowns could have started your five comprehension skills. You know. <laughs> <laughs> okay, then. Now you know. Oh, Anyways, uh, welcome. <laughs> Thanks, Ian, for joining. <laughs> uh, Raj, you had a question, buddy? You want to talk? No, I just wanted to, to say what's up and welcome you guys to the Twitter sphere on this uh, wonderful <laughs> endeavor here. And I'm how was uh, how was your uh, your how was your Twitter space discussion earlier today? Uh, so that one was on YouTube. So we kind of flip flopped today. Um, it wasn't uh, that was uh, Ryan's kilowatts channel. We had a nice discussion okay. about kind of the world of EV and what's going on in the EV space, um, not specifically focused on Tesla, uh, but it was good. I had my my chat for today, so now I just cool. would like to hear you guys. Now, you also recently had a video on your YouTube channel, which if you guys have not followed Tezaraj or actually subscribed to him on YouTube, please do so. He had a really great video comparing uh, the newest Tesla model, the Tesla S Plaid, uh, with the Rivian. Can you give us a little bit about uh, what that video entailed? No, it was Lucid. I'm sorry, Lucid. Excuse me. I you did I, the Rivian too, but only yeah, by itself. That's right. Okay, yeah, Lucid. About the Lucid. Yeah. So what was that? What was that video like? Rivian is so much in the news. Rivian is so much in the news that we just can't get well, it. Well, we'll talk about yeah, Rivian too. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's on the list. It's on. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> you know, yeah. I, I think uh, Lucid is doing a, a good job making uh, a very cool product that is, you know, listen. There's there's different cars and different strokes for different folks, right? I'm not. I feel like the Lucid is very much that Mercedes. It's more luxury. It's big. It's boaty. Um, it's not my style, but I thought what they had done was pretty good. Was the software all there? I would say no, but they made no. sure that hardware-wise, fit and finish, all of that stuff was there, and there's nothing that needs to be tweaked on that end. So I feel like they just looked at it as like, well, software will just continue to evolve, and they are. Like every couple of days is what I'm hearing, is that they're getting software updates and all of the loops are to real customers as opposed to we were talking about this earlier is that Rivian is delivering to employees. Um, so that's kind of uh, mm-hmm. interesting there. And I think, I mean, you know, uh, people forget that we're in, we're on like the fourth iteration of Tesla 
I mean, they've got, you know, a lot of people who are just joining now don't realize what Model S in 2012 was like. And I think even Trevor, you had brought up, I, I believe somewhere on, on Twitter on the, like even pre-Model S when it was, you know, back on the Roadster days and they kicked up $10,000 price increase. So when you're early on in the EV space, it's, it's challenging. So any of these guys, Rivian and Lucid, like props to them for, for doing it and growing the EV community. Um, but it is, it's a struggle and Hey, if you, if you get through it, then, you know, more power to you. Yeah. So what Raj is talking about, for those of you who may be not following, cause you know, a lot of people in the Tesla space not don't necessarily follow the others. Um, Rivian um, had announced on March 1st, so a couple of days ago, uh, some massive price increases on their cars. And then, of course, it just blew up on the Internet and on the Rivian forums and stuff that people were very upset that uh, Rivian raising the prices, in some cases, up to $20,000 on their cars and not honoring the uh, pre-order prices that some people had placed uh, literally like uh, three and four years ago. Uh, of course, the Internet was blowing up. And a lot of people had canceled a rumor going around that some uh, upwards of 50 percent of the people had canceled their orders. Well, today, RJ Scarringe had sent out an email to a lot of those reservation holders saying that uh, we apologize. We screwed up. Uh, obviously, we didn't do a good enough job of communicating and stuff. So we will honor the prices for people that had ordered and pre-ordered cars um, as of March 1st or before. So they're doing the right thing. However, of course, just like anything else, is that uh, that breaches a lot of trust with people. So obviously that rubbed them along, you know, kind of the wrong way. And to going back to what um, uh, Eric was saying, of course, is I uh, tried to remind people, of course, Bonnie Norman had chimed in on this as well, is that this had happened to Tesla as well. So for those of you who don't know, Tesla used to have a product called the Roadster. And uh, if you actually want to see exactly what went down, I highly encourage you to watch the uh, movie called Revenge of the Electric Car by Chris Payne, P-A-I-N-E. Look it up. Uh, it's probably available on Netflix or some of the other places. But anyways, you can actually see the, uh, the, the whole thing that went down when Elon had to basically eat glass and talk to the early reservation holders at the Menlo Park a service center and say, listen, we don't have a choice. In order to survive, we got to raise the prices on the cars. And of course, people weren't happy about that, but it's not unprecedented. So it's happened to Tesla in the past. And of course, now it's happened to Rivian. Um, so I'm glad that they've, um, that they've, that, you know, they've changed their policy and they're honoring that. Um, however, I've also seen comments that saying people like, well, maybe they had plans on raising the prices as of the uh, IPO anyway, so maybe they just lowballed on the prices to begin with. I don't know. I, I you know, I, I, I can't, uh, I can't speak to that. But anyway, uh, Eric is in the process of uh, pulling up. Uh, is yes. it on, on Amazon Prime? Amazon Prime. There you go. Amazon Prime. Revenge of the Electric Car, uh, 2011 documentary. It's excellent. So I'm surprised he hasn't made another sequel. <laughs> yeah, right? Triumph of the Electric Car. That's what it should be called. Mm -hmm. there, there's supposed to be one coming, actually. Um, it's been talked about since 2016. I forget. I think it was called um, Generation EV was the working title of it uh, on Chris's own personal feed. And then there was a separate Twitter feed that came up with that name and nothing came of it. So I don't know. It seems like the project got parked. Yeah, that's too bad because, you know, it would make it, you know, it's a good time now because everybody's on board, right? Oh, yeah. Anyways, yeah, it's a great documentary. I like to watch it on a regular basis. It just puts everything into perspective, right? So let's go ahead and we're going to let uh, Cecilia, who's been patiently waiting to join the show. Cecilia, how are you today? Yeah, she's connected. Here we so, go. Uh, and Cecilia, you are muted. So you want to untap the muted icon in the lower left-hand corner if you'd like to talk or comment or ask a question, whatever you'd like. Yeah. So I just wanted to um, congratulate y'all in Canada for 
eventually getting access to FSD beta and I'm going to start seeing more FSD beta content. Um, I, I happen to be an FSD beta uh, um, tester and it's been an interesting experience so far. <laughs> no doubt. Well, Ian is, uh, well, I'm Canadian as well, but I happen to be on vacation here with Eric and uh, Ian just got it and he pressed the button. Obviously, nobody in Canada actually physically has it yet. We've only gotten the button right at this point. Now, since I don't have a Tesla right now because I sold my Model 3 and I had paid for FSD twice because I had it on my Model X Model 3, unfortunately, I never got a chance to use it. But our friend uh, Raphael, who's in the chat here, came by our uh, Eric's place yesterday, so I got to experience it firsthand. So um, my personal opinion, if you'd like it, and I've said this many times on Twitter in the past, it is not worth $12,000. I'm sorry. Maybe half the price, eh, somebody can make an argument, maybe about $4,000. I think Tesla has has screwed everybody on the pricing. I don't I don't think it's uh, it's worth the money. Now, maybe on a subscription, that's one thing. But anyways, if you think that um, FSD, like full self-driving, like real full self-driving, and uh, robo taxis are like within the next year. Uh, I got a bridge to sell you. It, it's not ready. It's not ready for prime time yet. It's nope. impressive. Don't get me wrong. It does some pretty neat things, but there's a lot of rough edges they got to sort out. So, anyways, um, yeah. So I'm happy for our brethren finally oh, over a year late, of course, because Elon originally said that FSD beta would come to Canada soon, and he said that November of 2021. And uh, two weeks. No, uh, tw uh, no, 2020. He said that. Two weeks, yes, exactly. <laughs> and then he said two weeks, and it never happened. So obviously, I don't know, regulations, technology, features, whatever the case may be. So my personal opinion is uh, people are going to press the button, they're going to play with it a little bit, and maybe a week later they're going to go, eh, okay, well, that was fun. Move on. Move on to something else. But anyways, that's my personal opinion. Your, your mileage may vary. So, Ian, we obviously want you on here because, you know, you're part of the show, you're part of the family of the show, and you've had FSE for a little bit. So why don't you give our listeners um, sort of your initial experiences, um, the pros, the cons, what you loved, what you sort of felt like could be improved. Just kind of tell us what you've been like so far since you've had FSD turned on. Well, you 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 put a hell of a billing out to get visitors on the show. It's like, Ian's got FSD beta. No, he Ian's doesn't. Got a, Ian's got FSD the button. Yeah. So, <laughs> so this is no, like the driver the score. Yeah, all I've got basically is the pregame show here. We're we're doing the tailgate the tailgate party in 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 the, in the parking lot. We haven't got to the Super Bowl yet, but I mean, um, <laughs> essentially, what what we're all doing up here. I mean, along with Mother Frunker, who is is let's say the patron saint of FSD Beta in Canada. Shout out to uh, shout out to Mother Frunker, who's who's listening in. So I mean, yeah, the, the funny thing is we're all comparing notes basically because we're, we're we're basically all out there every day now driving the cars around like they're filled with explosives. That's basically what's going on here. <laughs> I mean, it's just like it's the, the it, it's a little nerve wracking, but you know, I, I went out for a long drive tonight after dinner just to rack up some miles because apparently when you're on um, when you're on autopilot, you can do no wrong. If the system is driving, then apparently it, it shouldn't fault you. You can't really lose score. So I went and did a bunch of highway, and then I you know got a little bored with that. So I little, did a little bit of back roads. I have to say, once you put yourself in this very zen mindset, it's very easy to do. Um, you know, it, I kind of treat it like a driving exercise. Like a lot of people have been teasing me, like the way I normally like to drive, like, isn't this torture? And like, yeah, the first day it was, um, but you kind of go into this very, okay, no, I have to, I have to treat this like a game. It's like, leave so much space in front of you. Don't touch the brakes, use regen only as much as possible to slow down. What was hilarious is on the first day, 
the first thing I did is ran out to grab dinner, went through a drive-through, posted from the drive-through, hey, I'm still I'm scoring 100 so far. And somebody goes, whatever you do, don't go into a drive-through. <laughs> <laughs> well, I could have could have used that five minutes ago. That would have been very, very helpful. Thanks for the tip, a little late. Yeah. <laughs> but, but again, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm treating like every car ahead of me as if there's like a, a, um, a proximity sensor with mines attached to the bumper that will mm-hmm. detonate at any second. So if you drive like that and approach everything like it's going to kill you, it seems to work because I, I've yet to have any negative score at all in all three days. So and I've been driving Here. parking lots. So you're driving in a way that is counter to how you normally would want to drive. Absolutely. In absolutely every way, except for the smoothness aspect. Like even when I'm driving the car absolutely flat out, I always try to be smooth because jerky motion is never your friend, whether, you know, you're trying to keep your passengers asleep or whether you're trying to set the lap record, you know, a tromboy, mm-hmm. it never, it, it, smoothness is my, my number one thing. So on that, that part is instinctive, but it going crawling everywhere and leaving giant spaces in front of me and all that. No, that's very counterintuitive. So I, I have to sort of curb that instinct. I did see a tweet from Elon saying that Canadians would be able to get it with a score as low as 98 right now, I think. Hmm. So there's hope. Yeah. Well, I mean, you know, if something goes horribly wrong, I've seen some tragic stories so far. Like one poor fellow on Twitter said he got a rock jammed in his caliper or something and it like caused the car to jerk and it brought his score down to 94. (laughs) Talk about being robbed, man. Oh, man. (laughs) Well, we're going to let we're going to let a listener in here uh, now. We're going to let Costa uh, come in and go ahead and add some commentary here. Uh, Costa, go ahead and unmute yourself and uh, ask your question away. Hey, thanks, guys, uh, for putting this on and letting us kind of chat with you guys. Um, I think I was a little bit behind because Ian was still talking about FSD and then it kind of fast forwarded to my turn so sorry if i missed any of this but going back to the chat about um the score um unfortunately on my very first night of having the score uh i got the better part of a yellow light and instinctively hammered on the brake and dropped down to 91 now i since have had a uh another drive and it's brought me back up to 97 uh, but i was seeing online that uh, the, the the option to opt out and opt back in uh, might reset the score. So I was wondering if anybody had any advice on that and if it might delay actually getting the beta down the road. Uh, if anybody knows, that'd be great info. Oh, I'm a bad person to ask because I, no, <laughs> I have no way to test that. Um, we have a very long discussion on the forum, teslaownersonline.com, about FSD um, and people's experiences with it and stuff. So that might be something you might want to go and, and hop over and just, uh, just poke around on the forum a little bit if you just do a quick search and see, because we have a really long thread on that one. Um, so unfortunately, I can't really answer that. I know there was some talk about uh, some people that have um, uh, FSD beta and to reset it uh, to, to turn on, um, what was it, Ian? Um, track mode, if you have it? Yeah. That was one way out of it. Apparently, if you're yeah, if you're driving in track mode, it, it doesn't track you at all. Now I don't know if it does a full reset on it, but uh, certainly if you needed to go somewhere and the conditions were sketchy, or if you're just in a hurry, if you're in track mode, it, it is not scoring you at all. Okay, it, it's yeah, the mega thread. Okay, so yeah. if, you, if you actually go to Tesla Owners Online and you do the search function on the top right hand side, it says FSD beta. Just search for that, and you'll see the mega thread. That's the one to be able to go into. 
And then there's like, how many pages are there? Oh my gosh. 160? 160 pages <laughs> worth of discussion on there. Jesus. So yeah, so it's pretty big that way. Um, yeah, keep in mind what Ian mentioned, of course, you have to have a performance uh, Tesla to be able to do the, the, the thing. So it's not for everybody, obviously. So don't know how much to, to say about that. Um, what was it? Um, but we want to keep going on this vein about FSD beta because I wanted to make some comments about Giga Texas eventually. So yeah, let's go ahead and uh, for now let's uh, let Tessa girl in. She's got uh, so Yeah, she wants to uh, chime in and say hello. So let's see. You can unmute and join the chat. So me. Hi there. Hi, so me. <laughs> always so How nice to you? hear from you guys. <laughs> Here from Vancouver. Um, had a nice walk and it, the ducks are mating and spring is coming and. So I'm glad to hear you in, in, uh, in. Yeah, Florida, where it's warm. <laughs> uh, I, I would say it's really funny. So for someone who's been living here now for the for more than 30 years, people think that Florida is fantastic. And I said, I am itching to get the heck out of here. <laughs> uh, so when I think about having grown up in New England and understanding what seasons really are besides hurricane season and football season, believe me, the winters are rough in certain places, but I could use a change of pace before, other than the 90 degrees and 94% humidity ball sweat weather that we have here in Florida. <laughs> Well, I did want to make a couple of comments just in res um this is this is not exactly an answer but uh to to um uh, sorry, I forgot who was who was speaking just earlier Costas was it? Costa. But, Costa, yeah. Yeah, so um when I when I so when I got my button, I I'm part of this uh private Twitter chat for just the Pacific Northwest. So there's lots of people from Washington there. And as soon as I got it and I was going to get ready for my first drive, I posted saying, hey, getting ready for my first drive. Anyone have any advice? And they're, I mean, they're awesome. They're just rock stars. But one of the consistent things that we're, I was told was try, sorry, try to end your day with a 100, as close to 100 as possible, because the, um, the data basically gets counted per day. So if you got oh. a ding on that day, stay on your drive and, and, and pull that score up as high as possible before you end the day. And I thought that was very helpful um, advice. Mm -hmm. So oh, that's a good point. That's good to know. So I guess it gets uploaded at the end of the day when you finally park and get on the Wi-Fi. Exactly. So that's your chance to sort of, uh, yeah. So, Redeem yourself. <laughs> yeah. The other comments. A All right, bit... Ian, there you go. Drive like a hooligan and you'll be okay at the end of the day, right? <laughs> you know, I, I'm realizing well, I that I haven't changed my driving habits that much. I think I drive with a grandma already, which is, now making me realize why people, you know, that when people pass you in protest on the highways, I'm starting to realize that really must be me. Because I, <laughs> anyway, um, the other comments a little bit um, off this topic, but uh, I wanted to make comment about this. So, you know, you see a lot of videos um, about people in there um, demonstrating our FSB, FSD data, beta. I'm expecting to see a lot from Canada. Um, I'm not planning to post any video uh, part of it is because, and I don't know how to explain this best, but the video doesn't give you a, a real experience. I know that seems very obvious, but for the couple of times where I feel like my Tesla saved me from an incident, you know, it's, it's like this, it's like you're driving smoothly and there's this tiny jerk and it's so jarring when you're sitting in the driver's seat that you just kind of, you, you realize what's happening. And that tiny little fraction of a second is what makes the difference between the car saving me and me as a driver, maybe not noticing something. And you can't capture that in a video. And I feel like all of this, quote, research from these, um, you know, these naysayers using yeah. 
basically video to try to do their research. Like that, ha- oh. you just can't do it. There's just no way. No, but the thing you have to remember is that you've got some people in mainstream media or otherwise, you know, like this one character who's going around and putting up websites and stuff is that they have an agenda, right? They haven't done actual proper research. They don't have it. So obviously they have an agenda to push. Um, Eric and I got an opportunity to actually experience FSD beta for the first time last night. And like I said, it's not, uh, you know, it's one thing to see it in videos. Like, And I've watched plenty of videos myself. And it's quite another to experience it in the car. There's quite a bit of babysitting involved, right? You have to nudge the car. Sometimes it's not doing what you expect it to do. So, you know, we want to remind everybody that when you eventually do get it, that you have to be super vigilant. Don't don't expect that it's going to drive you around. It, it is impressive, but it does need a lot of work still. It's not ready for, for, for prime time, to, you know, certainly not robotaxi caliber stuff at all. So think of it as like enhanced autopilot where you've got your auto steer and stuff, but now you can actually do it on streets, be super vigilant. Um, largely autopilot has been solved on highways. That's not a big deal. It's, it's the clutter of the inner city. That's really, really tricky for these systems. So that's where all the effort, I mean, it's like I said, it's, it's been solved for highways, but the inner city stuff is really tricky. Yeah. And what it, what it felt like to me experiencing it for the first time as a passenger yesterday was number one, that when you see a lot of the videos, especially when it comes from states that have had FSD for a while, where it's been thoroughly tested in parts of Florida and California and other states, the reality is that a lot of times the conditions that they're being tested in, I know Raj has had some videos where like, we're going to really challenge this uh, traffic circle. We're going to figure out this really complex intersection. We're going to try to do this strange turn lane from here. And sometimes it handles it. Lombard it, Street. Yeah. Right. So, yeah, Lombard Street. So, <laughs> but, but other than that, what I what my major takeaway of all the things I felt last night was it feels like it's a 15 year old kid with their learner's permit figuring out how to drive a car. Yeah, because it's very conscientious. It's very cautious. It likes to sort of jerk a bit when it's like, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, why guys. is it not turning? It's supposed to turn. There's right, no cars. Turn, like, oh, this is, the, this is the bus lane. I'm very sorry. So it does. It yeah. does a lot of things that a human could in its early stages of learning how to drive would function. So, you know, and I think what's also helpful is that to to your point is that when you do see videos, it's not every possible road condition that's out there. So last night we were uh, coming back from dinner and we're returning from one major thoroughfare to another. And when you make the right hand turn, so that basically the car is stopped now at a traffic light where to the right of us is the wall of a bridge. And then when you turn right, the immediate lane that's there is a bus lane. And then you have your two lanes of traffic next to that. So the car doing what it's designed to do is to turn to what is considered the safest lane of traffic. But it quickly realizes, oh, now the road's uneven. This is a bus lane. And so there was a lot of jerking motions oh, and things happening. Out. It freaked out. And so thankfully, you know, our driver, Tesla Tino, who is actually thankfully on this call, he was able to at least quickly adjust and take over. But for all the passengers who weren't ready for that, it felt like you were riding a Disney ride. Uh, it was very, very rocky and kind of like, oh, that was that kind of scared me for a second. <laughs> good thing. Good thing I didn't have anything spicy for dinner. So it was it was just one of those experiences <laughs> where you realize that this is very for all of advancements that's been had in the last better part of two years. It still has a long way to go. Yeah, it's all the edge case stuff. Right. So they got to smooth out all the edges. Well, that's that's the whole point of the program, though, isn't it? I mean, you know, essentially, we've all signed up to be driving instructors. I, I think that's how you have to approach it. Mm-hmm. You know, that's really how you're going to get the best result is by actual real world miles with people who are willing to put the time in to help guide the system. You know, it's 
I think they figured out from the early days that's how it's going to be. I think a lot of us, you know, who are enthusiasts in the community are okay with that. I, I think you're going to have a few people like, well, wait a minute, it I turned it on and isn't it supposed to be fully baked? No, that's not where we're at. That's why it says beta. So you, you, you kind of have to just expect that. And I think that's what most of us are, are, are in for and up for. I, I, I certainly am. I, I don't mind doing it. You oh, know? It's, going to be in, it's going to be in beta for a long time. Kind yeah. of like Gmail. Kind of like Gmail. Yeah, I've I've <laughs> I've said on this show a number of times. I don't see it being released at, by the end of the decade. Maybe before that. I just don't see that the way it is now. If they're the only player in the game, that any any government agency now it may be localized. Maybe that a country could do it. You know, that's not U.S. I just don't see the FDOT. I don't see NISTA. I don't see any of those organizations. Like, yep, yeah, we'll just we'll just go ahead and do it. You guys are L five. In, in the next, you know, eight years. I just well, we it. had that long discussion last night, you know, what, what about level five? Level five is essentially unattainable because if you look at NHTSA's, um, basically, you know, if they, they lay out all the different levels, level five is all conditions all the time. Well, we know that that's not possible. We've talked about this on the show many, many times before. Tesla has no weather mitigation on their sensors. So, you know, you, you got ice and slow and snow and slush and stuff building up on your sensors. Uh, you know, how are you supposed to operate a robo-taxi in that? Well, nobody's going to go out, and the robo-taxi is not going to lick the cameras clean by itself, <laughs> right? So, yeah, yeah, we have to be cognizant of that. You know, what Elon thinks and what is possible are two different things. So just keep that in mind when you, uh, you know, when you get the button, you try to use it and stuff like that. Keep your expectations in check. I think that's kind of like my motto, right, for the last six years. Keep your expectations in check. Pretty much. Sounds I'm like, like Debbie Downer like when it comes to Tesla stuff. <laughs> Um, do we want to we want to keep on this uh, the FSD discussion, or we want to go back and talk about the Giga Texas? And no, you can, you can we can certainly go on to uh, Texas. I mean, you're, this is really your show. I'm just hosting it. Hey, oh, no, no, we're we're all doing it. Together. <laughs> um, I want to make a point about Giga Texas just for a moment because I know there's been a, a discussion, and you know, I, I'm not very good at writing articles, and um, I don't do a lot of videos on this stuff. But I, I want to make a point about. This whole concept of uh, Model Y's 4680 cells as opposed to, you know, 2170 cells in Giga Texas and stuff. Because I see a lot of it on social media that a lot of people are trying to hold out, um, including myself, but it's maybe for slightly different reasons. There seems to be this consensus because so many people watched uh, Battery Day from uh, September of 2020. And Tesla, you know, talking about the 4680 cells and how great they're going to be and so on and so forth. And... I think people really latched on to this number of 16% more range. And I want to put that a little bit into context because I know a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to wait for uh, an Austin Model Y because it's going to get 16% more range. And, and I would caution everybody to not expect that. And here's the reason why. First of all, you've got a factory that's just coming online that's barely making 300 cars you know, sitting on there right now. Meanwhile, Fremont's making thousands and thousands per week. Now, Elon has also gone on and, and reiterated several different times that Giga Texas is supposed to be supplying the eastern two-thirds of North America, and Fremont's going to handle the western one-third of North America. Now, imagine for just a moment that everybody seems to think that, oh, if I, you know, uh, I'll wait for an Austin one because it's going to get 16% more range. I'm sorry, that's not going to happen, folks. Um, I am a very firm believer, and I expect Tesla to sell the Model Y that are going to be identical in terms of range and capabilities between both factories. Now, think about it for a moment, because you got to look at this from a 30,000-foot view. Um, when you got a brand-new factory that's just coming online, and you've got a factory that's already pumping out cars in California, and 
let's just imagine for just for a moment, let's just say, let's say, for example, that maybe the Model Y, and I don't think it will, but let's just, you know, do a little bit of thought experiment here. Imagine for just a moment that the Model Y coming out of Giga Texas has all the same features, literally everything is the same, but it gets, let's just say, maybe 10% more range. Now, imagine for a moment what kind of fewer that would call, all things being equal, same colors, same specs, same price, literally everything, but it gets 10% more range. Imagine what that would do to everybody that's ordered a car, and just because of the fact of geographically where they live, they can't get a car out of Austin. Because you cannot call Tesla and say, I want a car out of Fremont, I want a car out of Austin. It's just not going to happen. So I'm a very firm believer that literally the cars are going to have exactly the same specs across the board, same prices, same features, and everything like that, so, so, so as to not Osborne what Tesla is doing out of Fremont, because that's basically, it's, it's holding up the ship right now. Now, it doesn't mean that the car is going to be any more or any less capable. I'm just saying in terms of range, they cannot be differentiating these cars in any shape, way, or form. Now, I, I, I will put a caveat on that. Let's just say that maybe the car has 10%. Now, if they were to do uh, 10% more range, if they were to do that, I can think of a couple different ways that they could mitigate the, the situation. One of them, they could do it um, artificially through say, a software limit on terms of the range, okay? And uh, and that's not uncommon. They've done that before. Model S's with 40 uh, kilowatt hour battery packs for, you know, 60, and they just software limited them. Um, the other way they could do it is physically, and that is basically making the battery packs in such a way that they would have the same kilowatt hour range, call it 80-ish or so, um, even though the pack may not be 100% full of cells in order to reach that. So what they could do is put blank cells in there to maintain the integrity of the structural battery pack. Um, any two ways, and I don't have any inside information. I don't know whether, you know, if that's even possible or what the case may be. But I'm just saying uh, there's a lot of people out there that have latched onto the 16% and automatically assumed that that's what's going to happen with the cars. I don't believe that's what's going to happen here. So if you're waiting for an Austin car, great. I am only because I plan on keeping the car for a long time. And it's just the technologically case of, you know, it's a technological case of, of FOMO. But I do think that there's one thing that the Austin cars are going to be able to do better than the Fremont cars, only on the case of the cells, and that is the charge faster. Um, they have announced that they are going to be doing uh, an upgrade to the superchargers in due time. I think the number was, what, 350 kilowatts, mm -hmm. something like that. So if you're doing that, that is obviously to support cars that have larger battery packs, Roadster, Tesla, or the uh, Cybertruck, not the Semi. They have their own nodal charging situation. So if any changes are uh, you know noticeable between the cars, either long-term or short-term, I think, I think the 4680 sales, just by virtue of their design, will be able to accept a faster charge. But other than that, I don't think there's going to be any difference in range, at least initially with the cars, because, again, that would clobber the demand out of Fremont and it would cause a big furor with owners, uh, people that literally took delivery or people that are waiting for delivery and stuff, just on the fact that because they don't live in an area that can get an Austin car, that they feel disadvantaged of. So I think you have to look at it from that perspective. Tesla is very keenly aware of this. They're the ones that have the internal numbers and the specs on these cars. So I'm sure that they're, if they are actually better, that they would actually sandbag these cars artificially or physically in order to maintain status quo. Mm -hmm. So anybody have any comments on that? Feel free to chime in. But that's my two cents on the whole, you know, 4680 cell situation as far as the model Y is concerned. 
So we're going to let Matthew in here to uh, chat with us for a second. So, uh, Matt, we're going to go ahead and add John as a speaker. When you are ready, sir, go ahead and unmute your microphone and then join us for your chat. Matthew, go ahead. You're uh, ready to talk if you unmute. There oh, you go, hi. sir. <laughs> hi. Hello. It's the first time I've been invited not into a Tesla space. It's quite interesting. Well, welcome. Welcome. Thank you. Thank you. Welcome. Are, you, are you mostly in America, I'm guessing? Yes. Yes. Uh, I'm in. I live in South Florida. My two uh, co-hosts here are both Canadian. Mm. Brilliant. Yeah. So, so, so it's the first time I see you on episode one one two. So it, it was um, you, know, you were educating people. That's all good. Well, well, you have quite a bit of history to catch up on there. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I'm, from, I'm, <laughs> I'm from the UK. Um, and uh, have you seen the Model uh, Y? Yeah. I, that was my story. For, for I had I had two firsts yesterday. Um, and Good. one of the first was great. The Model Y has turned up in my local showroom for the first time. It's it, lovely, isn't it? Wow. It's lovely. Yeah, I've got to get one. I've got to get one. And um, uh, I've got I've got the S, and I've had it for four and a half years. And uh, mm -hmm. um, talking about range and that, it's obviously not such a massive issue in the UK as long as you've got a few chargers in the in the relevant places. Um, if you if you're going from end to end in America and Canada, I guess it's a it's a bigger thing. Um, yeah. And I've, traveled, I've traveled through Europe with mine as well a couple of times. Um, and uh, it, it was interesting because I get free supercharging. So I'm one of the one of the leeches now who <laughs> still go ahead. But um, the, the, the when I bought my, I'd never spent anything like what I'd spend on my Model S for any car ever. And, uh, you know, with, without sort of you know, being some sort of uh, martyr, I, I basically, I spent that money so people could buy model what model s's model threes sorry because i knew that the only way to support this movement was to put my money where my mouth was and buy the car mm -hmm. but in terms of the range um it, it's great to hear you discussing the range and that but it, 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 one of the things that occurs to me is that they're already good enough <laughs> it's like they were my my Model S is, I, I've got no incentive to replace it at all. Like it's, it's just, it's still like brand new to me. It's four and a half years old. It's on 89,000 miles. <laughs> so, and it, 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 it might have degraded a tiny bit on the battery, but um, it, it, it just still, it's still the car that I bought. It's still brand new. Um, I, I think that's just brilliant. What, year, what year is yours again? Uh, it's uh, 2017, I think, 2017, yeah. I, I have a, I had a 20 and what is it a 75 yeah 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 okay I had a 75 model X mm -hmm. and that thing is an energy pig it really needs a 100 kilowatt hour battery pack <laughs> yeah the model S is, has much better range than the model X but that but that but that's different technology yeah, course, the, you know, the, I mean, the aerodynamics on the model S is second oh it, it is brilliant it is really brilliant and um, mm -hmm. So, yeah, yeah, I mean, it's still there. But the Model Y is beautiful. And then it did one of those things that life does when I hadn't seen one in real life ever. And I saw one in the showroom. And then, hey, presto, on my journey home, I saw one in the wild. <laughs> and, uh, wow. well, so they're, they're hitting the UK now. The the, the right-hand drive models are hitting the UK. And uh, they're going to sell like hotcakes. And um, Oh, yes. It is absolutely the best seller in Tesla's lineup right now. We, we've been paying very close attention to Model Y. Uh, arriving in the UK and stuff, so we're very cool. happy. I mean, it's a wonderful vehicle. It's selling like crazy here. Yeah, yeah, it's it, it's a lovely vehicle. I mean, I want I want. I, I have a name for the Model Y. I call it the Goldilocks <laughs> car because it's really the you know it's like okay, it's not so small. 
and it's not quite so big like the model x it's just it's a, it's like it's perfect it's right in the middle yeah and it's surprising because i know a lot of people in the past you know when tesla came out with the model 3 they were asking why didn't tesla do an suv like a cuv or a small crossover or something like that first and i'm like yeah. well i don't know i think it's because elon likes sedan so much and but the they absolutely have a winner in the hands mother first on the same day was a police car pulled into the charger um mm -hmm. And I didn't see it straight away. And then I realized why it pulled in right to the Tesla garage. And it, it was a Model 3. So it's the first time I've ever seen in the UK uh, a police car, um, a Tesla police car. So they've got, oh, they've, wow. got, they've got some Model 3s. It was a performance, Model 3 performance. Mm -hmm. um, and I, I went over and chatted to the guy, as the lady from the garage did as well. And um, he literally just picked it up and done five miles in it. Someone had had it before him. And, the, and, I, and I showed him the range graph and everything and uh, he said oh, i've been driving it so carefully and, and yet the fuel consumption looks really high and then we looked at the range graph changed it from it was on 30 miles previous 30 miles and whoever had had it before him clearly had been in a police chase it was on it was on like, <laughs> it was on like I'm, no, I'm not even joking it was on like six to seven hundred watt hours per mile right Oh, wow. almost yeah. so, that was a performance car so that's when my my when i had my performance three i knew when my wife was driving it because i would look at the energy graph and it looked like mount everest <laughs> as, as as the performance model three owner i can tell you that's what the graph is supposed to look like no, and it no, doesn't no. you're doing it right. oh excuse me <laughs> yeah no, no bless him though he'd had it down to like 250 and he said i've driven it really well right? it's like i can't understand and it was like this massive drop off a cliff and i said yeah we <laughs> had it before was clearly chasing someone or just driving it for fun um mm -hmm. but yeah i taught him a few things told him that um he, he just he literally hadn't had any training especially for tesla which i think they should do if they give it please so i switched off um ob uh what is it obstacle aware acceleration which you won't want as a policeman um uh -huh. and a couple of other things and uh yeah showed him how to use it sort of thing by chance did you switch him from a display of range to a percentage no i didn't are you a percentage fan I'm, 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 oh absolutely absolutely yeah. set it and forget yeah, that's interesting because uh, I've always been. On the... uh, yeah, no, I, I, I'm a firm believer. You set it to percentage and uh, seat charging when you hit twenty percent. Otherwise, who cares what the range is? The car will do what it yeah, wants to do. Yeah, that's good. Anyway, I was just saying hello from the UK, and uh, yeah, don't we, we appreciate don't um, we very much appreciate you joining in from yeah, the UK. Wow, the range, we had any listeners at this time hour. Yeah, the, the, this assumption that that you might buy a car and then a month later the range goes up by a bit because of the tech. I mean. Some people will be bothered about that, but I certainly am not. I certainly wasn't. I knew what I was buying. I knew, you know, um, my car's still brilliant. Um, it, obviously, it'd be great if the battery does finally go after however many hundreds of thousands of miles that it, it can be replaced with better batteries. But um, the, yeah, the car, the car is. Uh, it, it's. I've got no intention of getting rid of it at all. Um, the next one will be the Cybertruck. So I'm on the waiting list, but. <laughs> so, <laughs> model wait, well, if, if you think if you think a Model S or a Model X is big, wait till you see the Cybertruck. <laughs> it's yeah. big. Yeah. Anyway, guys, I've got to drop off now. It was literally I saw the Tesla space. Thought I'd come and say hello. So many, many it. thanks, sir. Cheers to you. Appreciate you stepping in from the UK. Yeah, well done for getting the Model Ys over here. It's brilliant. Brilliant news. I I, I did the best I can. Thank you, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. Wait, all right you. cheers uh good evening i guess all it's good night here it's like one in the morning yes, yes. good night and good morning good, 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 good yes, thank you take care guys bye okay you too thanks bye, sir. bye
So that is that's always cool to uh, to go ahead and have folks from around the world. We know that, um, you know, as we mentioned earlier, that we do have uh, our online. Uh, basically, it's, it's really the greatest portal for Tesla news and for discussions, which is teslaownersonline.com. If you have not or this is not an ad with this is actually our own forum. Uh, if you do want to get all kinds of really cool discussions going on about wheels and tires, well, Ian, our co-host, is the guru of all gurus when it comes to everything about your four feet on your car. Says so on his profile. That's right. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's a fantastic site. There's a lot of um, um, four members there that really are willing to help out, answer any questions you have. So if you're new to EVs or have just curiosities, even if it is not related to Tesla specifically, if you want to talk about things that are in the EV industry as a whole, there are definitely some opportunities to do that. Go to teslaownersonline.com. If you're not a member, join. It's absolutely free, 100%. You can't get free tacos, but you can get free memberships to forums. So Sign up, and then uh, you'll get some really cool experiences we, there. We pride ourselves on being the friendliest Tesla forum out there. It is not Facebook. You're not going to get your head chewed off. You're not going to be called a loser or anything like that. So go join. It's free. We Blow we, it out your butt, Trevor. We do not, we do not tolerate <laughs> insolence on the forum. It's not Facebook. So, so I was saying, Ian, I know you've been pretty quiet for a while. Uh, any additional insights in terms of what you're hoping to do or any other conversations with other FSD button recipients and what they're hoping to do with uh, once once you're allowed to just kind of go full rain? Well, we wish well, we were here, once, first of all. Yeah, well, I mean, uh, my curious thing is, I, I, first of all, I'm kind of surprised that they gave us the button while it's still winter here. I mean, you know, we've talked about it many times in the show, and we, we touched mm -hmm. on it earlier, that we're, we are worried, you know, like how effective it's going to be up here since we can't, you know, there's no mechanism to clean the cameras. So I'm curious to see, you know, does it have... Does it have some special abilities? Like, you know, is it is it better at looking through the fog of, of any dirt on the cameras, whatever? I want to see how it reacts with that. I haven't seen a lot of that in the U.S. because, you know, most of the areas, the worst you get is rain, and it can sort of cope with that. But, yeah, I'm really excited to see how it operates on snow. I, mean, I will tell you one thing. When you, when you finally do the reboot and you get the new visualizations, mm -hmm. holy mackerel, is that impressive? Like, you can make the screen, like the, the typical one-third or whatever it is, and then you can swipe and it will go full screen. And the amount of stuff that the car actually sees compared to what you mm -hmm. actually get on your screen right now, if you don't have FSD beta, is mind-blowing. I couldn't believe it. I mean, yeah. I've seen the videos, but when you see it in real life, holy mackerel, it's unbelievable. We're and driving and, and, and just highway. how fast it's processing all that oh. data and rendering it on your display. Yeah, and the cars you. are not doing the funky check-in and yeah. stuff. It's amazing. It's really cool. No, the, wish... the number the number of targets it can track simultaneously oh, is right. astonishing. I mean, there could be a crowd of people in front of your car, and you can see every individual person. Like this is what I find remarkable. Um, so yeah, all, everything I've seen in the videos, I'm I'm excited to experience in real life. And you know, add to that, I'm going to be taking it up on you know some some fairly rural roads on icy and snowy conditions, and I'm very curious to see uh, how it's going to cope with that. Mm-hmm. Well, the good thing is you've got uh, how many more weeks of winter until it starts to thaw? <laughs> like another 12, 17, uh, 85 weeks? How many? Well, I know about Ian, but I know typically for me, I can't really count on good weather till like the beginning of May. It's going to be May. March rolls around for us, and then we get a false sense of security. It's like, oh, spring is here. Eh, yeah. Like a week later, bye-bye, another snowstorm. You suckers. Yeah, oh, I know. <laughs> Wish you were here, Ian. Yeah, oh, yeah. I wish I was there, too. You don't want me there. I actually have a rather nasty cold at the moment. So. Uh, still battling that, are you? Yeah, unfortunately. That's right. I, Down here, we call it seasonal allergies. 
Yeah. Down here, it's just called COVID. No, COVID doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, come on! Why did I do that? <laughs> Sorry, that's not nice. I know. All right. Anybody else got any questions or whatever? What else? What else we have on the list? That was basically what we were going to. Well, you know, I, w- I will say this. I think what what I find very interesting, and you know, for Rivian to pivot, because I, I had a chance to comment on that earlier, but like for Rivian to pivot very quickly as the way they did. Now, I will say this. They should have thought about that beforehand, because if I'm RJ or the people advising him, I'd be like, maybe that's kind of bad if we did that. Maybe this does not do that. Because ideally, it comes down to also some dollars and cents. From a fiscal responsibility, if you got a swath of orders canceling, you realize, oh, yeah, we could stand to lose a little bit. But like when they're getting like a good chunk of people canceling, yeah, well, any money is better than zero money. So it, it's good that they have the about face and then they spun it in a way with that long message that went out, sort of explaining the logic behind it. I just wish that much thought went into the initial decision and they just decided, yeah, if you were locked in before March 1st, we're not going to raise the prices on you. It's just for those after that. Um, but with, with that being said, I'm glad they finally course corrected um, after they saw the blowback for that. You know how much damage it is and the fact that they're actually willing to let those folks who did cancel come back in return to that locked in pricing and have all the different stuff that was set up for them before march 1st is kind of a good thing to do i, I just know that you know we're, we're seeing more and more um supporters of evs especially for those who are environmentalists saying we need more companies to kind of get the ev industry pushed we need to get Ford really sticking to that and getting those factories built and getting the cars to market and so on. And we know now part of the complications is not just building the factories, but it's also it's the supplies and materials. We're seeing part of Rivian's explanation was everything's costing more. Everything is more expensive now. So, you know, it's understandable they're trying to raise more revenues that way. At the same time, their problem is the same that every other auto manufacturer is experiencing at the exact same time. So with that in mind, it would be beneficial if the consumers are looking forward to these companies and saying, hey, listen, I, I'm a loyal to your product, whether it's Ford, BMW, Volkswagen, Daimler Chrysler, whatever it is, and just say, hey, listen, we're, we're loyal to you. We want to keep using your products. We certainly want a really great quality EV as fast to market as possible. And until that time, we may have to look elsewhere. And if enough people do that, hopefully a lot of these other manufacturers will really expedite uh, the development of their technology, expedite the production lines to get those EVs to market and get them out there. Because we know as as the infrastructure with the federal government trying to get EV charging networks set up and running, we know that especially in provinces like in uh, where Ian lives in Montreal, there's a really, really big push for EV charging for public spaces. So we know this is just an ever-growing thing. And we saw the most recent IPCC report, which I tweeted out from Vox Media Group earlier this evening, as far as what the newest results of that are showing, we're seeing some very scary things happening in the world around us. Uh, we're seeing um, a lot of species basically on the brink of extinction. We're seeing um, a lot of uh, flora and fauna depleting before our eyes. We're seeing now that up to 8% of current land used for, um, for grazing and for animals is gonna be basically not even usable in a matter of years by 2100. So this is a very significant time frame, And, you know, we need to see more and more of these companies kind of really push the envelope. And it can't just be Tesla. We're seeing Rivian and Lucid do their part, but it's got to be everybody. Everyone's got to be all in if we're going to see this work out. Fine Lab has a line of protective coatings that were engineered to protect your Tesla's paint, leather, carpet, plastic, and wheels, effectively blocking all those UV rays and environmental factors before they ever get to ruin your brand new baby. 
FineLab offers a complete line of car care products and ceramic coatings for both the do-it-yourselfer and professional detailers. Did we mention we also have the world's first self-healing coating? Check us out at FineLab.com, that's spelled F-E-Y-N-L-A-B, to see the science behind the self-healing. Check out our product catalog and click contact us for a free quote from a certified installer in your area. FineLab and Tesla, we were meant for each other. Um, I actually happen to have the email from Rivian here. If you guys want, I can read it. It's not very long. Um, just to put everything into perspective, Rivian have not increased the prices of their vehicles um, since when they were originally announced. And, of course, we've all noticed with Tesla, of course, they've been increasing the prices of the cars over the last few quarters. Yeah, like you change your socks. Yeah, exactly. So, anyways, here's the email from RJ. It says, hello, everyone. Earlier this week, we announced pricing increases that broke the trust we have worked to build with you since originally setting our pricing structure and most essentially in recent months, a lot has changed. The cost of the components and materials that go into building our vehicles have, re have risen considerably. Everything from semiconductors to sheet metal to seats has become more expensive. And with this, we have uh, seen average new vehicle pricing across the U.S. rise more than 30% since 2018. Given our build lead-up times, we need to plan production costs not only for today but also for the future. Um, he also goes on to say, uh, it is how we grow. We made a mistake in how we approached our pricing changes, and what is important now is that we fix it. For anyone with a Rivian pre-order as of March 1st pricing announcement, your original configured price will be honored. If you canceled your order on or after March 1 and would like to reinstate it, we will restore your original configuration pricing and delivery timing. Our team will be sending out an email in the next few days with more details. Regarding our upgraded price or updated pricing for future pre-orders, the introduction of our dual motor configuration and standard battery pack has been designed to enable us to maintain lower starting prices while adjusting the prices of the quad motor and larger battery packs to reflect rising costs. Building a durable business is core to the continued impact that we have. Or sorry, that we uh, deliver as a company. We are focused on building the brand and products that will continue to scale in different vehicle sizes, use cases, and so on and so forth. Um, this growth will only be possible with your support and continued feedback. Thanks for your notes and your discussions I had with many of you. So anyways, very well written. I wish that Tesla had written something like that on their blogs, which is uh, sadly missing a lot of cases regarding prices and stuff like that. Not everybody follows uh, Elon, despite the fact that he has, what, 76 million followers or something like that. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, I, I really wish Tesla would be a little bit more communicative. And maybe that's a discussion for now or another day regarding their lack of communications. Uh, it's very frustrating, you know, of course, as a forum operator uh, for the last number of years that uh, I, I had a sinking feeling that Tesla was going to grow their growth in terms of vehicle production, but they were not going to be able to scale their company to go along with it. Tesla is very uh, focused on, on growing the company in terms of building product capacity, but they have been actively... Mm, I, I won't call it shrink uh, their product, their 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 communications and, and and stuff. They've been mostly offloading it through digital means, through the apps and stuff. And unfortunately, you can't make an argument that they don't have enough money because they have tons and tons and tons of money that they could throw at this problem. But they seem to be not interested in doing it on it. So it's very frustrating, you know, with so many people on social media that follow and stuff and have to answer these questions and try to get things escalated. We should not have to do that. I really wish Tesla would fix this. Now, that's a separate issue from PR, but I think just basic communications with customers would go a long way. And unfortunately, it's very lacking. So I always try to tell people, look, the car is worth it. Uh, but don't expect much from their business operations. It's basically you're going to get a call 
or a text or an email, whatever, saying your car is here. Here's your VIN number. Bring us our check. That's all they care about. So when you show up, you give them your keys and then see you later. So as long as you set your expectations accordingly, I think you'll be okay. But, um, and this is mostly directed at those of you who are new to the Tesla community, maybe waiting for your first Tesla and stuff like that. Uh, just set your expectations accordingly. The car is absolutely worth it. The experience is lovely in terms of the car, but their delivery procedure and the communications is very lacking. It's super mm -hmm. easy to order a car. It's not a problem. They make it super easy to order it and then, you know, put all your documentations in. But Lord, Lord help you if you have any problems with your documentation or you're trying to get a hold of somebody or something like that because it's near impossible. It's very, very difficult. Now, I, I'm generalizing a little bit because it varies by geographical area. I've noticed that the vast majority of the problems that I have seen and I, that people have asked me for is generally related to being in the U.S. and Canada. We have a smaller population, don't have as many service centers and stuff, not as many people buying the cars. So it generally hasn't been that much of a problem. Um, but anyways, just um, just be aware of that. So I, I know I'm kind of preaching to the choir for some of you who <laughs> owned a Tesla or just took delivery one recently and stuff, but I'm, I'm, it's mostly for the people that are you know, coming into the fold and stuff that Tesla is not like other car manufacturers. You will not get handholding. Uh, there was a time like before they sold model three where they would spend a couple hours with you and do the handholding and show you every aspect of the car. Not anymore. That's not happening. So anyways, I, I'm sad. I wish it was better. Um, and we certainly voiced our concern to Elon and everybody at management and stuff, but you know, Elon's a micromanager and Unfortunately, he just, I don't know, maybe he's more interested in building rockets now. <laughs> I mean, I mean, I will say this, though, and, and, and we've had a lot of offline conversations about this. And if you're listening to this and you disagree with things, we certainly welcome that discussion. Uh, but I will, I will say there's really two comments I have to your, your explainer there. First is that Tesla and SpaceX are not Elon, and Elon is not Tesla and SpaceX. You know, they certainly, there's a lot of people that work very, very hard on all levels of both companies to be the success that they are. And there are certainly a lot of people that, and I'm a former test employee uh, for full disclosure, but even when I was there, you know, I believed wholeheartedly in the mission. You know, I was an owner when I began working there. As, as a matter of fact, the, the week I took delivery was the week I got hired by the company. Mm. So I was an owner and an employee basically within 24 hours of each other. And so, you know, I strongly believe and still do in what Tesla is trying to accomplish globally, where the focus is trying to accelerate sustainable energy. And, you know, I talked about this yesterday with Trevor, which is, you know, I really want to see them really accelerate their energy market as much as we're seeing the production ramp up for all their vehicle market. But that being said, um, to my original point, like the companies are sometimes tied uh, at the shoelaces to Elon, but what he does should not in any way reflect on the totality of all the people working very hard at all levels of those companies. So that's the first thing. The second thing is there are certainly going to be missteps and miscalculations. For example, we know that Tesla has basically eradicated their entire PR group. So there's really nobody there to manage all of that stuff that happens from PR. And we know that when when Elon takes to his phone and tweets something out, whether it's in response to a lay person who's just kind of giving him grief or he's responding to an avid Tesla owner who's got some questions about software updates, you know, a single tweet can really shift the focus of what the company does, what the market does and everything else. And, and I think if we as a society just stop honing in on every dang word he says and really focus on what the company and its people are trying to do, then we can focus on things that are working out well and then try to work on improving the things that are not. And I agree with you. The way that they go about resolving 
um, you know, recalls, the way they go about handling their service centers, the way they go about, you know, deploying changes to their fleet and price changes and all that stuff. A lot of that is hard to adapt, especially when they've grown as fast as they have in the last few years. So there's things to learn from that. And hopefully other manufacturers are seeing what's happening to Tesla as Rivian, Lucid and others sort of take a, a hold in the market. And they too realize that's a lesson to learn. We don't want to replicate that. And RJ and Rivian basically now got their experience they of pricing, right? They now realize how quickly people can turn on you for something that you believe was the right decision when inevitably it was like, nope, that was a bad idea. Yeah. So we're going to see this happen from time to time. I will say that in many cases, whatever happens for one person's experience is not the company as a whole. As Trevor said, what your experience is at one server center does not mean it's like that at every server center. One bad um, you know, tech or one bad software update does not mean everything is the end of the world. So it's, you know, and I will tell you that the forums that are on teslaownersonline.com are really helpful because largely the audience there understands these dynamics and are willing to sort of guide you and help you kind of go through these things. And really, you know, sometimes it's a matter of just talking to the right person and figure out, you know, here's my thing, who do I talk to? Sometimes even just calmly saying, hey, this is my experience, I wanna share feedback with you, is there a manager I can talk to? And oftentimes that person will simply get something fixed for you. So it's not all the time, it's not everything, it ain't perfect. But um, Ian, I'd love for you to chime in here and share your thoughts too on what we're discussing. Well, I, that's that's a hard act to follow. I think you guys really <laughs> covered that. Um, pretty All right, expensive. good night, everybody. <laughs> um, no, honestly, I, I would like to say whatever little time we have left, I'd love to hear more from the listeners. This to me has been the most fun is actually having, you know, some of the people from the audience chime in and, and get to hear everybody else's different takes. I'm wondering if we don't have anybody else that, uh, I wish we could do that on the regular yeah. podcast more often. I mean, yeah. it's, it's, well, I mean, we, we would actually do it on this more often, but the fact is that they don't give us the ability to actually download the recording in an easy manner to be able to post for everybody else's benefit. But yeah, if anybody had any questions or comments or just want to chat, whatever, please raise your hand. So we'd love to hear from you. Yeah. This is a lot more fun to, you know, to interact with people rather than just three guys sitting on a podcast, <laughs> you know, just yakking about whatever they ate. Yeah, for I mean, you've, all day, you know? you've been listening to us yabber for 112 episodes. We want to hear from you. Yeah, absolutely. So anyway, that's too many episodes. Bueller, 112. <laughs> Um, I'll mention one other thing. Oh, we got a we got a request. Oh, Gary, yes. Gary wants to say hello, so let's get Gary in here, so that Gary can say hi. Say hi to everybody, Gary. Unmute yourself, yeah. Gary. There's Gary, there's latency here, so it, by the time you've already said it, I, it's uh, you know it's a delay from me hearing it. <laughs> That's no problem. Yeah, we oh, we know the we know the internet is not one of those great resources where the second you say it, it transmits everywhere. We know that radio is the same way. That maybe, wonderful maybe, seven second delay. In just in case somebody swears or something, I don't know. <laughs> no, there is. Anyway, what's Twitter, your, I mean, ahead, Twitter Spaces they they advertise a latency just because uh, they 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 needed to be able to accommodate millions of people in these spaces versus Clubhouse, which uh, which uh, has a has a lot less latency but uh i'm here just to yeah, I've, I've deleted clubhouse <laughs> here to um actually uh, encourage my friend sean who's in the audience there to come up because he's uh he's got fsd button and he requested and he lives in north vancouver and he was relaying to me the other day that uh it's kind of hard to uh, maintain his score because every time he goes down the hill which is a lot of hills in North Van because you're either go I'm yeah. going up or you're going down uh, the slope of the hill. He was saying to me that um, 
the regen kicks in and it and it and it's showing that he's um doing a hard break uh yeah and so um i've heard that and too. so he's like well uh you know my score's at 93 how am i gonna you know you know get beyond this and he's t- telling me that uh he's uh requesting well here he is maybe you can just say it <laughs> yourself hi, hi sean yeah so yeah there's a lot of hills where i live and there's really short on and off ramps on the highway so i was trying to get yeah. um you know more miles or kilometers on the car and just doing like laps on the highway and just you know getting off the highway sometimes it would you get heartbreaking and so i really really had to re- reset or recalibrate how fast i was going coming off the highway um the thing is i i've reset twice now so i'm back at like eight kilometers or something so i'm gonna have to do a long few road trips here to get it back up to is it 160 i think is the limit yeah 100 miles so let's let's say 100 just over 160 kilometers yeah. Would safe. Sean, I think I have an idea for you on on the regen because I mean, what it's looking for. There's, uh, I think the uh, the threshold for hard braking is around 0.3 g, if I remember the spec. Yeah, and it's not hard to hit that if if the regen kicks in abruptly, and especially if you're on a slightly slippery surface, it wouldn't be hard for it to, to just for a, a moment, just for an instant, to hit that that 0.3 g threshold. So there's two ways you could possibly mitigate that. If you know, like on a hill that you're familiar with, that it's going to hit it at some point, I would sort of preemptively cover the brakes in other words start braking before the car even needs to get into regen so that it doesn't accelerate to the point where the regen is going to kick in and hit that so you can control you know the car's speed and you can be smoother using a little bit of braking um, so that the regen doesn't activate and if if you really find it's troublesome then the other way to do it is to go into your regen setting and and put it to low instead of standard just about to say that Right. Yeah, I, I figured you would, Trev. So that would be the other way is like then you don't have to worry about it at all. You know, you're going to be controlling it constantly with the braking and then you can, you know, adjust the force probably smoother than the regen can. For sure. Yeah, that's a great suggestion. Um, yeah, the other thing is that I realized is if you just leave it in autopilot, I use, you know, navigate on autopilot. So um, you just leave it in autopilot till it comes to a complete stop, then it just doesn't count towards you. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. No, whenever you can use that, that's yeah. obviously the hack, right, is, is to get the car to, to drive on its own. It's like, well, you can't penalize me. You're the one driving, buddy. And yeah, exactly. That's that's the move. But, yeah, with you at the off-ramps, um, it's the same thing in Quebec. We have these tiny little off-ramps, you know, where you're, you're, you're supposed to stand the car on its nose or accelerate like hell to get on and off the highway. And, yeah, it's a whole thought process. Someone on Twitter, when I was announcing the button was coming, was like, the most important thing to do is like massively anticipate, like think six moves ahead. Like it's a chess game now. It's like, okay, I'm coming up on my exit rather than zoom up to it and nail the brakes. I've got to be slowing down long before I get there. And every move you make is like that. When I enter a parking lot, it's the same thing. Those are minefields for setting off the wrong sensors. So always anticipate what's going to be around the corner, what could potentially happen and, and think six moves ahead. I think that's the best advice I got. Tesla is slowly turning us all into grannies <laughs> just to get the FSD beta. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Good point. Just one, one more thing while I'm here. Um, yeah. Roundabouts. We have these tiny little traffic control roundabouts and they have metal signs on them like to go around. And I got a four collision warning going like 10 kilometers an hour just going around one of these things. So that's why I reset the second time. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Well, there's there's, there's some catches that are there's just no avoiding so, just to reiterate, with um, I don't know how long you've been into the conversation, Deshaun, but uh, uh, Somi was saying earlier that uh, one thing that you can do is uh, 
is, is, is if you get these kind of warnings and stuff, is to drive around a little bit longer and stuff at the end of the day because the, the score and stuff is actually uploaded to Tesla later in the day. Like when you go back home, maybe you hook up to Wi-Fi and stuff. So if you find yourself doing that, she's suggesting that, uh, that, you, um, that you drive around a little bit, get your score back up uh, before you actually stop for the evening or the day or whatever. Right. Yeah. Thanks. Cool. Well, we're going to let Jerry in here. Uh, Jerry's been patiently waiting for his chance to uh, chime in for today. So, Jerry, once you are fully connected and you are unmuted, you're welcome to say hi to everybody. Oh, is this for Jerry? Hi, Jerry. Oh, hi, Eric welcome. and James. Thanks a lot. It's a very productive evening. Uh, one, one point I have is... On the Model Y, what rumors are you guys hearing about upgrading the suspension, which appears to be the, the number one complaint? And as those of you that are fans like me of Sandy Monroe, who has analyzed the old Model Y and has shown that they clearly have capability to improve the with an upgraded suspension at not a high cost. And then I'm thinking as financially, given all the cost reduction they're going to have with the Austin Model Y, they can clearly afford the upgrade of the suspension and still probably end up with an improved overall gross margin. And one last comment before right. you guys jump in. I, I had an mm -hmm. email from Unplugged Performance today, and I said, I had asked them a couple weeks ago, are you going to have a, a different uh, you know, upgraded suspension tied to the Austin because it's 400 pounds lighter? And their response back was, oh, that'll be an easy adjustment. We're going to use the same one. We just tweak it differently. So that's their comment because you know if you didn't know unplugged performance is located like a half a block down from the tesla tech center in la somewhere so they would be they would be in the loop as to what's going on but but knowing my math if it costs 2500 bucks plus 500 labor if tesla was to buy a million of those from some chinese manufacturer it's probably not more than a thousand bucks a piece which again they could clearly absorb with all the cost reduction they're having in the austin model y any, those are my comments. Any comments back? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I would agree with you. Then the common refrain that I hear from everybody who has a Model Y who's come from another Tesla is that the suspension is harsh. And you're absolutely right that they could tune that. Um, you know, Unplugged Performance, very familiar with them. They are a sponsor of Tesla Owners Online. Yeah, ben and the guys are really good. Yeah, they're really great guys. Uh, yes, their design studio. Uh, well, actually, Tesla's design studio, or those guys are actually kitty corner to themselves there in Hawthorne, been to their shop. Um, they have an excellent product um, of, of different springs and coils and, and that type of thing, upgraded suspension. Um, the other guys, though, too, is Mountain Pass Performance. We don't want to forget them. They're another sponsor as well. They have an upgraded kit as well, uh, comfort coils and that type of thing. So the pricing is pretty similar in, in those veins. And you're absolutely right that the suspension should be tuned a little bit better on the Model Y. So there's certainly opportunities for there. But given the test, the way the Tesla is um, and the upgrades that they do, if you give them enough feedback, they'll probably change something because they do running changes all the time. So if you find that it's a problem, absolutely reach out to them, let them know. Um, we have ways of getting things escalated and stuff. I'm not saying that uh, you know every change that we want to do is something that they will do because obviously they have supply chain um, um, uh, lead times involved. But uh, yeah, I, I would tend to agree. Um, I'm expecting my Model Y in the next few months as well, but I have driven them, and you're absolutely right. The, the suspension is harsher than it should be. Uh, whether air suspension is something that's going to happen to that car, we really don't know. Again, costs are what they are. Tesla's been adding more features to the car as they go. So, um, yeah, 
for those of you who want a better suspension, yeah, you're going to have to spend some money right now. So, Well, thanks for the question, Cherry. Now we're going to turn our attention to Mark, who has been patiently waiting. Mark, you are free to unmute yourself and talk to us. Cool. Thanks for having me up. Yeah. You bet. Thanks. I'm a, I'm a FSD beta uh, driver tester, and I just love, love, love it. Um, I drive a Model Y, and I just want to say that something that really blows my mind is um, sort of Tesla is at the early, early, early stages of this self-driving gig. And, um, you know, they're looking at creating autonomous driving for not just uh, the United States. They're rolling out to Canada and then in the future, other countries. And, you know, I think about the globe and how Tesla's um, FSD beta team is so small right now. We've heard Elon beg for months to get um, the most amazing uh, technical engineers to work on this. And um, I just wonder, just forecasting forward, thinking through how in the world are they going to solve this problem for the globe, you know, with all of the different traffic regulations and street structures and signage. It just blows my mind, the, the task at hand that Tesla's have, tackling. Have you watched the AI Day stuff or any of the presentations by Andre Kaparthi? Uh, yeah, yeah. I've, I've, I don't know. If, have there been any, any more recently? The last one, I think, was a few months ago. Yeah, there was yeah, there was one a few months ago. The, basically, the the way Tesla's approaching it is uh, is two pronged. First of all, yeah, they have to take into account and programmatically do their algorithms to handle things like differences in in um, in, in rules and how things are done. Uh, the other one is just massively feeding, you know, and, and ingesting a massive amount of data. Uh, into their AI system so they can recognize things like street signs and, and lights and, and differences in different countries. So that's an ongoing project that requires a lot of you know processing power and so on and so forth, which is one of the reasons they developed their new chips, which are going to be coming online. But that's their dojo system that they've developed. So it's multi-pronged. But, I, uh, you know, we kind of want to reiterate to everybody um, that FSD is a long-term thing. It's not going to happen in, in one or two years. I mean, look how long it's been it's been delayed so far at this point. You know, they've been working on this thing for the last five or six years already, So, and we're not finished yet. So this is going to be in beta for quite some time, um, you know, and uh, they have to roll it out to other countries. I know, uh, you know, some of the Europeans that listen to us, and I've talked to some of them, they're very upset because their FSD or their autopilot is extremely nerfed in uh in europe and um i i had a friend of mine that came down from uh, germany or um, italy i should say uh back in september of last year and, and the stuff that he was describing to me as far as how uh, autopilot behaves in europe was just mind-blowing to me i mean are you are you kidding me it doesn't even do this most basic thing yeah so the regulators have their own ideas as to how things go obviously you know we're kissing cousins to americans we follow 95 percent of the road rules but yet it took us, uh, you know, 11, 12 months to get FSD beta here. So, you know, uh, the regulatory thing is, you know, is obviously part of this this thing. I mean, you've got a technological aspect that Tesla's working on, but the regulators is something they have to deal with. I'm sure that they want mountains of paperwork before they allow anything. So obviously Tesla has that data and however they uh, compile it and give it to the regulators, uh, you know, that's up for them to do. But, um, yeah. Yeah, it's you know to to even add to that for Mark's question, I think what makes it really complicated is two things. You mentioned one of them, which is just you know the 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 agencies that decide whether they're going to actually allow it to be used in their cars, and then all the testing that comes from that. But it's the amount of data necessary to basically solidify is this actually a good working beta or is it not. So I can't fathom. Uh, I mean, if we were if we were to guess, how many how many just U.S. FSC drivers might there be? 
probably around 1200 at this point maybe well more since they've opened it up like i, th I think originally it was probably around oh, i gotta think it's in the thousands now. oh yeah yeah it is now but originally it was about a thousand people so let's let's assume it's ten thousand people that have it depending upon how much they're driving where they live the amount of you know the roads they're the routes they're taking things like that there may be a huge amount of gaps in data so it's going to take a lot more drivers and a lot more states to even have just the U.S. data be sufficient for them to go, okay, now we can actually really advance this next version that we're going to put out there uh, to kind of take the data we've realized that we've gotten back from the camera recordings and everything else and go, okay, now we think we have it vastly improved. But now multiply that by the well over 100 and some odd countries there are around the world that themselves also are going to be having electric vehicle drivers. So Mark's right. It's, it's an intensely complicated problem and kudos to the engineers and designers who are working on that problem. I And that's why I still posit that we're not going to see a, a non-beta version till probably the 2030 decade at the earliest at the earliest and it may be just in the u.s i'm certainly not advocating it's going to happen globally um but there's still so much data to get i mean they we talk now about autopilot and it's always talked about in terms of the millions of miles that's just autopilot yeah so fsd has got to be even more than that yeah more than that, much I, more. Than I want that. to make one more point about FSD, and you have to remember the way that Tesla works with FSD as far as the data gathering is they're looking for edge cases. If the car does what it's supposed to do, it's not going to report back. It's right. when you do disengagements and you tell it to correct and you send in the feedback, that's what they're interested in because now they can come back and say, okay, well, uh, the car thought there was a stop sign here or maybe it didn't stop in the right spot. That's what they're looking for. So it's not like a massive amount of data is coming in on a daily basis saying, oh, you did, you know, good for you. It's not like a little dog. You're not supposed to praise it. You're looking for, you know, the edge cases. So that's what they've done. I and mean, if you look at any one of the presentations that Tesla's done, that's that's pretty obvious. I mean, they made a pretty good case, you know, like send us the data. You know, we had a, you know, there was a case of a car was was mistakenly seeing uh, a bicycle that was attached to a back of a truck and it was not behaving properly. So they said, well, send us back all the data that we're looking for, for, for this. And they were able to train it and get around it. So they're able mm -hmm. to turn it around fairly quickly. Well, we're going to thank Mark uh, for his question. We're going to pivot now to uh, our friend Teslatino, Raphael, who last night we drove in this car uh, testing FSD here in South Florida. So welcome, Raphael. How are you tonight? Hey, guys. Good. How are you? Can you hear me good. okay? Yeah, we can hear you just fine. What's going on? Hey, Raph. Hey, Ian, Trevor, Eric. Thank you for having me. <laughs> You're welcome. I mean, you, you didn't say hi to the cats. I mean, I, I feel like they're going to be offended. <laughs> um, just, just because I forgot their names. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so for those of you that do not know, Raphael is one of the OGs uh, here in the South Florida Tesla community. He is one of the guys that runs the, uh, the South Florida Tesla Owners Club. So if there, if you are in the South Florida market, if you live in Palm Beach, uh, Broward, or Miami-Dade, he's definitely someone you want to get a hold of. And if you do live here in South Florida, quick promo, um, we will be, Trevor, who's visiting here from Canada, we will be at the... Uh, Palm Beach outlets on Sunday morning, beginning at 8 a.m., there is the Cars and Coffee event. So if you do our, if you have a car, if you're interested in just kind of coming and hanging out and seeing all the different show cars, some EVs, some not, classic cars will be there. But if you're interested in come hang out, it's a free event to the public, just so you can come join out. Again, it's from 8 a.m. to noon this Sunday at the Palm Beach outlets in West Palm Beach, Florida. Uh, Raphael will be there. I will be there. Trevor will be there. So if you're in the area, come on down. It'll be a great time. So, Raphael, what do you want to bring to the show tonight? Um, well, so uh, 
recent comment you guys made or someone made, um, I think the number of testers since around close to my birthday, which was in January 26, I think around when 10.9, version 10.9 of FSD beta came out, I think the number is closer to like 50,000 public oh, testers. Wow. That's good. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, pretty crazy. I mean, you guys saw it um, yesterday when we went out for dinner. Um, but I feel like it was an unfair view of it because it was very little time. It's better when you get to experience different environments and such. Mm -hmm. um, it has come a really long way, way since I got it first, which was in October 2020. Yeah. And um, I mean, the stuff that it did back then. I was, was trying to kill you. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, it was really awkward, like even more than now. Uh, yeah. But, uh, you know, I've always told everybody that as long as you have your hand on the wheel, there should be no reason for you to get in trouble because so I noticed, and you can see this in thousands and thousands of videos that are out there on, on YouTube, um, people doing dumb stuff. It's usually when people want to see how far how bad it goes like yeah. don't like the idea is it's not to let the car do bad things uh i'm in communication with the ap engineers and you know you just you just have to report disengage when there's a problem with the brake um or the steering wheel if you disengage with the with the stock it's not it, it counts as just like you disengage because you don't want to use it um And, and do those snapshots okay. immediately when there's something slightly wrong that you think it should not be doing, uh, do that because that lets them know, you know, they're going to see it. They're going to look at it. They're going to see the data and then they're going to, you know, find ways to overcome that, that challenge. Mm -hmm. That's basically it. There's like really no reason to let the card. If you see the cards already like pointing to go in the wrong direction, for example, just disengage with the wheel, like put it where it needs to be and, Take a snapshot because it doesn't help them to see the car going like 10 seconds in oncoming traffic or something like that. There's no no point. Yeah. Uh, so that that would be my 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 advice to to everyone. Like uh, maybe I think I want to say like during the first week that I had it, there was one instance when 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 I had a scare, and it was because uh, opposite to the the instructions, I got a little bit complacent because it was doing everything perfect. And at, at the worst moment, it, it, you know, it tried to do something wrong. And I was just a little, a little bit too far from the wheel. My hand was a little bit too far. So I didn't, it took me a fraction of a second still, but it, it did not need to be like that. Mm -hmm. Just hold that wheel, make sure that you're always like in control and you will never see a really bad video. Like when people like, go across the lines or, or, or anything like that. Or sit in the back seat. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's just like use common sense. That's my advice to everybody. Yeah. Well, your suggestion there too, of sort of having your hand on the wheel at all times, even now with your, if you have the early stages of autopilot with enhanced autopilot, like many of us early adopters do, or if you have the latest versions of autopilot in any circumstance, you should always have at least one hand on the wheel Uh, you should always be in control of the car. It is still your responsibility, even if you're using technologies such as Tesla's in their vehicles. And this goes for any manufacturer where there is some kind of autonomous uh, driver enhancement system. You always want to have control of your
your vehicle. Because if there is something happens where you're in an accident, you strike an object, you lose control, whatever it is, you are responsible. You're in that seat, so it's still your responsibility. So those are also some very good suggestions. Yeah, Yeah. and you know what? The one last thing that I would would say as an advice for people that are using both autopilot and and FSD, Mm -hmm. um, like people ask me, how come you never get the uh, the car to tell you to grab the wheel. I, I've never get those annoying warnings, right? right? It's just because I literally grab the wheel on, let's say, the five o'clock position, right? Or or the four o'clock position. So you're you're putting enough force for the car to know that you're there, but you're not mm-hmm. really like straining yourself or anything like that. I either re- rest my left hand on the on the uh, on the door. Or my right hand on the little console in the middle, and then my hands just grabbing the wheel. The weight of your hand will let the car know that you're paying attention, that you're grabbing the That's wheel. Smart. So it will Listen, never. You're just you're just a strong guy. That's all it is. You got you got like a kung fu grip. You're just like super brawny. Like you honestly could be on the cover of Paper Towels. Okay, let's just admit it. Let's just call it what it is. That's a good one. Yeah, that's, it's actually one of the reasons why I like the yoke so much in, in my three and why I've got one for the Y coming is because the bottom is so flat and it goes out further that it actually just resting your hand on there gives you a lot yeah. more torque, like micro torque on it that I never get the nags. Whereas before with the wheel, I'd always get the nags you know, and my hand, you know, my finger would be sore because I always kept it in like the seven o'clock position mm-hmm. up against the, you know, the bottom part. And uh, I never had that with the yoke. So I, I'm a big fan of the yoke. You probably haven't figured that out yet. but uh, <laughs> that's just, that's just... Yeah. Well, guys, it was great to um, collaborate with you guys here. And I hope to see you uh, early on Sunday. Yeah. The Thank you, sir. And again, if you guys want a chance, follow Tess Latino. It's T-E-S-L-A-T-I-N-O. He's right there on your screen. Follow him. He's a really he's he's honestly the, the nicest teddy bear of teddy bears there are. <laughs> So we'll transition from our friend Rafael to Emiliano has been so patiently waiting here uh, to speak. So Emiliano, you are free to unmute and say hi. Hey guys, how are you doing? Emiliano, Good, how are you, Alberta. sir? Thanks for joining. Thank you, thank you for having me and uh, hi everyone. Um, I just wanna say I'm with uh, Trevor on, on Full Self Drive. I banked once and I'm not banking again. Like I just got a new Model Y, and I didn't add, didn't didn't purchase the full self drive this time. Mm-hmm. Um, also, like living in Edmonton, Alberta, where it's absolutely white out there. Yeah. Uh, I also don't see full self driving working here any soon. But I have a question, especially um, maybe Rafael and Eric, you guys can answer to this. When did uh, Tesla transition from like? allowing only full self-drive owners to full self-drive subscription uh, to to use uh, full self-drive beta. Or are they using beta as well? Or yeah, they they, every, have... everybody who has FSD is, is on the beta. Okay. Um, the, subscription, but... the subscription is only available in the U.S. It's not available in Canada yet. So if you want FSD... You have to pay for it in full. I should also mention now that uh, FSD beta is coming to Canada, expect to see a price increase because we have not seen the price increase in Canada like we have in the U.S. Yeah, it's so true. just brace yourself. Um, but- uh, and I've said it many, many times. I've I have funded FSD uh, for my last two cars, and um, quite uh, quite honestly, I have not seen the value in it. I never got the value out of it. So my personal opinion is that. Um, EAP or not EAP, but traffic aware cruise control and the auto steer, which is included in every car, is good for 
95 percent of, right? of, of people yeah it's good enough um yep. So, well, I you know, it, like, I mean, if, if FSD beta was maybe 4,000 bucks, okay, you can make a pretty good case for that. But at uh, $12,000 plus, uh, I'm sorry, it's just, it's just not worth it. And Elon can scream and shout all he wants about, you know, it increases the value of the cars, but I don't, I don't believe that for a second. But anyways, that's my opinion. Other people have other opinions. Yeah, I'm sure you, you're going to change your mind when uh, maybe get a subscription for three or four months of year. Well, I, the I, nice I'm thing about a subscription that. is that if you don't like it and you don't find yourself using it, you can cancel. You haven't given up all that money, which is yeah, something exactly. I've done twice now. And uh, I, I need to say, like, driving the car in the winter here, it's it's so hard. Like, uh, I just installed the, those sexy buttons so I could have They're uh, nice. 25% <laughs> like regen. I don't yeah. know if you use for that as well, like, uh, to reduce the regen lower than 50%. Because mm -hmm. it's it's very slippery out there, and uh, oh yeah, even like good winter tires don't don't make it. So yeah, I'm I'm looking forward for the subscription in Canada. I hope the Tesla releases it one day, and and then in the well, summer I'm, I'm sure we could try. I'm sure, I'm sure it will happen. It's just a matter of time. Everything with Tesla is a matter of time when it comes to other countries. Exactly. Maybe in two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> That's the old meme, right? For sure. <laughs> Nice to nice to hear you all. I uh, just want to say hi to Rafael again. Uh, enjoy the the weather there, Trevor. Uh, thank you very much. <laughs> I am very much so. I'm spending half my time at the pool. It's awesome. Have a good one. Thanks. Thanks for joining. Thank you, sir. Thank you. All right, we're gonna go from Emiliano. We're gonna go ahead and pivot here to Jason, who's now joining us uh, under the handle of Techno King. Jason, you are free to unmute. All right. Hi. Um, hopefully, everybody can hear me. Perfect. Yes, sir. Uh, so uh, I'm. I actually live in uh, uh, Bismarck, North Dakota. So I'm fairly okay. far north in the uh, and fairly cold and fairly similar to I would say much of Canadian winter. <laughs> yes. no. That would be correct. We, we yeah. know all about North Dakota too. We usually blame the bad weather on Minnesota, but you guys yeah. awesome. Uh, <laughs> thank you. Um, And it's funny, we blame it on Canada. So, ah. <laughs> all right. Um, it, well, go to, B, go to BC. I'm, I'm in Florida. I got, I got nothing to complain about. The, the, the people in British Columbia would disagree with you, but that's okay. Carry on. <laughs> okay. Um, hang on a second. I got to switch my, uh, my Wi-Fi network here. It, uh, funny story, I'm actually using Starlink at this exact moment, so I'm going to switch over. Oh really? Yeah. Hey, we yeah, I'm going to switch over to my uh, my cable provider, and that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> well, we know the satellites just launched today. If I you love are, if you're technology. A of, of space space travel and, and all launches, right. I will tell did you I, that did I stay in the fan. conversation? Yeah, yeah, you're still here. You're still here. No. Oh. Uh -oh. oh yeah. Oh, no, we hear oh, you. Okay. All right. Yeah, we hear you. Yeah, you. It good. just took. We heard you the whole time. Sorry, it just took Twitter a little while to reconnect on this end. Yep. All right, got it. All right, so yeah. Sorry, ahead. rambling a lot. Um, much better stability on the audio. Um, FSD beta. I, long story short, I'm a I'm a long term retail Tesla investor. Uh, day one reservation on Model Three. Um, like advanced autopilot or whatever it used to be called 
I'm in this hardcore. I love this tech. It's just insane. Um, applied for beta as soon as was possible. Uh, got it in October 21, uh, towards the end of the month. Um, so then I, I got to use it during the winter um, here. And as I said, similar to Canada, two, two things that are my opinion as a, um, uh, I guess, advice to future recipients, um, ice, ice is tricky. Um, the car does not understand ice. <laughs> um, it does, right. it does not understand, uh, uh, traction difference. And I, and I run winter tires, blah, blah, blah. Um, sure. so that's tricky. Um, now on to all of the good stuff. Um, it is insane, like legitimately insane what it can perceive even in a completely snow covered road. Um, like no lines, very impossible to uh, determine road edges with the human eye. The car through whatever uh, things beyond uh, the visual wavelengths, it is able, <clears throat> excuse me, it is able to determine. Um, it's very impressive. Uh, I would say, I, <laughs> I always like to refer to it as the drivable area, right? It, it, it it's that's exactly the right term by the way. Um, mm -hmm. it does an extremely good job at figuring out a drivable area, even if it can't find lane lines on a snow covered road. So, um, you know, we're coming into spring now and, uh, it's really quite amazing to see. I've got uh 10, 10, two and it, it, it's fantastic. I do zero, zero intervention drives, uh, from my home to anywhere, basically, um, not complex roads in the grand scheme of complex roads. Um, I think the biggest challenge Tesla has is, uh, map data. Um, I think we hear that a lot. Um, there's some new roundabouts where I live, uh, for whatever reason, roundabouts are the, the, the hip thing now. Yeah. Um, and those don't show up in the mapping data and then the car gets there and it's like turn right or turn left and it tries to turn left through the roundabout well that's no good <laughs> so yeah. but it is amazing um i haven't seen a lot of the revisions but uh i think once it lands in canada you guys are going to be absolutely blown away well that's coming so i have a question for you Go for it. So, given everything, so every given everything that you've said, considering the winter conditions and stuff, have you taken the unwashed public for a ride in your car and shown them this? And what was their impression? <laughs> the unwashed public. <laughs> <laughs> um, I would I would say not um, not people that aren't familiar with uh, not people that aren't completely unfamiliar with the idea. Of, of full self-driving. Um, mm -hmm. I have a coworker who is, um, I'm a software engineer by trade. And anyway, my coworker is, um, I would like to say this. He dabbles in machine vision. Um, he has a lot of home projects, hobby projects. Uh, and when I showed him FSD, this was before Christmas, he's like, 
he's like that's he's like this is 10 years ahead of anything he could even imagine <laughs> um well that's a good impression then okay cool. yeah you know so beyond that um I haven't felt so I, I, I drive uh, Lyft and Uber uh, for fun. Um, and I have, I have felt that probably 10.8 was the best. Um, it was good enough to the point where I would consider using that while driving uh, ride sharing. You know, and 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 the reason I say that is, is prior to ten point eight, it would do some really wild things, like very unexpected. Ten point eight really calmed it down. Ten uh, ten has been phenomenal. Yeah, for sure. Well, I'd say what we appreciate you jumping in and giving us some insights as to your experience in North Dakota. We're going to go ahead and uh, let you uh, go for right yeah. now. We're going to wrap up our show here in just a second here. So thanks for all of the feedback, the comments, the questions. We appreciate you guys uh, tuning in for tonight. And if you stuck around here from the very beginning, why? I don't know. But thanks for <laughs> thanks for being here. Uh, real quick before we uh, leave for tonight, uh, there was a story that broke out today that actually starts dating back to some tweets from Elon from several years ago regarding his fight with the United Auto Workers um, and their union. And that sort of kind of got drummed up again today in the news um, with NPR and other organizations. So, Ian, have you heard about the story? And if you have, do you have any thoughts on Elon's battle with unions once again? Yeah, it's funny you mentioned that. I saw there was um, there was an interesting video that popped up. And uh, I think it might have even been Elon that posted it. It was in one of the threads that was running today with uh, one of the, the last meetings of the, um, the local that uh, was involved with the Numi plant, which, of course, Tesla turned into the Fremont factory uh, later on. And it, it was an interesting insight, you know, into the shortcomings of, of the UAW. I mean, there's strong arguments on both sides. But, um, man, alive, I got to say, that was was pretty interesting watching that and seeing like, you know, they wouldn't let them film any of the conversations, you know, it was, they wouldn't answer any questions that they found were counter to their, uh, to their narrative. It was, you know, I mean, you can take a snapshot of any debate, right. And if you frame it right and you cherry pick it, obviously you can paint it in any light you want, mm -hmm. but boy, oh boy, that was not a shining moment for the UAW. I'll, I'll, I'll tell you that much. And, you know, more and more we see manufacturers in the U S particularly, you know, people have come in uh, like uh, Nissan, Honda, whatever, and invested from elsewhere and built plants in the U.S. that are not union run. Um, you know, my mom will kill me because she was a union lady for a long time. She ran the, the English Catholic Teachers Union in Quebec for many, many, many years. So she's very pro-union. But even she'll say, you know, it depends on the union and it depends on the circumstances of the workers in that particular industry. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, you know, if, if we sort of live past its, its useful lifespan in the automotive industry, especially now we're in an environment where, you know, companies are begging for workers. I mean, you can't afford to treat your workers like crap anymore. You will not survive. I mean, it is, it's, a, it's a seller's market. If you're 
I, in a lot of industries now, if you're an employee, you are considered extremely valuable and companies will do handstands to keep you happy in every way, shape or form. So now that could change. I mean, that's that's a temporary thing. I think you know, post COVID where we're seeing a, a massive shift in the whole structure of work and how people want to work. You know, maybe in years from now, we're going to have to look at it again. And I'm not saying for every industry, there's certain industries, certainly where employees are being vastly abused. So I, I, I can't say overall. You know, it's it's a clear case. But I would say in the case of the autos workers, mm, I'm on Tesla's side on this one. I think you'll find that, um, you know, and, and I retweeted something that Elon had said back in 2018 uh, regarding the new me thing is that, you know, his opinion was, uh, you know, uh, the auto workers had ab abandoned Numi and all the factory workers wanted to come back. And because of that, it left the sour taste in their mouth. So obviously they didn't want. Um, you know, the unions to come back in and they couldn't even organize a barbecue to get people's attention on this. Um, now, I've never worked in the automotive industry. I don't know much about unions and stuff, but there was a time and a place for unions back in the day when, you know, you know, abuse of employees was, was pretty rampant. I don't think that's really happening these days anyways. And I know some people that actually work in the auto industry who feel that uh, the unions really get in the way of, of progress and getting things done. And you're absolutely right. I think that most of the companies really do value their employees and uh, they want to do right. And in, Tesla, in Tesla's case, they pay their employees very well. And not only that, but they get very good stock compensations. Many of them are millionaires because of Tesla's stock. So they have nothing to complain about, largely. I'm not saying that the abuse doesn't happen now and again. We've heard certainly the reports often again of things like uh, um, you know, racism in the workplace and stuff. That absolutely has no business being there. But do you really need a union you know, to prevent that kind of stuff? That, that's an HR thing as far as I'm concerned. But. Well, I will say as far as a stock that um, when you consider how expensive the stock is and how much the employee contributes and how long it takes to buy one share of stock, let's actually <laughs> let's actually refrain from how amazing that is uh, for companies like Tesla and Apple. But also, you know, we, we've seen now, and, and if you haven't seen this, you can actually watch the segment on YouTube. Last week, Tonight with John Oliver, recently had an episode about unions and using union busing, excuse me. And it's worth the watch if you haven't seen it, because it really kind of gives you some insights as far as how long this battle has been going on and why it's important to have these conversations. Because while there is merit to what Ian said, that there are some unions that really kind of approach this the wrong angle and really kind of don't give it a good impression as far as why they should be utilized. We're seeing now like a major league baseball with the fight with the owners and the MLBPA how important it is to have that. We've seen that with the NFL in recent years with the players union trying to get the referees unions. Like we're seeing this over and over again across a number of markets, whether it's automotive sector or in sports or entertainment or anything else, unions matter. And we can certainly argue the merits of that for sure. But yeah, I would say if you haven't, if you haven't at least looked into uh, that union busting video, I'd watch that because we're seeing it with Amazon, we're seeing it with Apple, where a lot of employees are being threatened with their jobs. And Elon did this back in 2018 where like, yeah, if you're going to talk unions, you're going to try to unionize, you might be out of a job. And to me, that's really the worst look of all. Um, because if the union vote fails, so be it. But let employees work for you uh, if they decide they want to unionize. But either way, that's another topic for another day. Well, we're going to close out tonight. It's been a long, long show tonight. Yeah, most of the uh, longest ones we've ever done. Ian joined us three hours late because you couldn't figure out how, the, how <laughs> technology works. But nonetheless... Um, Trevor, this is your show. So tell us who our sponsors are so we can thank them for well, sponsoring the show. We want to give a shout out to our, our sponsors, the, the guys at Evanex who make really great, fantastic 
you know, Tesla accessories, the guys at Fine Lab Ceramic Coatings, if you need the, any kind of protection on your car, make sure you definitely check them out. We have a new sponsor on, on board as well, T-Parts out of uh, California. Uh, if you check out the forum, they're under uh, uh, sponsorships and stuff. You can take a look at they got some really unique. I mean, there's a lot of accessory companies out there. I don't let anybody just come in and stuff. Uh, Lord knows I get so many emails and stuff. But these guys have some very unique pro uh, products and stuff. So I thought I'd give them a chance. So definitely give them a look and uh, we'll go from there. Uh, once again, just to remind everybody, we'll be at the uh, Palm Beach uh, Cars and Coffee this Sunday. Um, which which uh, is that, It's at the Palm Beach Outlets Mall. Uh, that is on... Uh, off of 95 in Palm Beach County, and it will be there from 8 a.m. to noon. Cars will be there at 7 a.m. So if you do have a car that you want to kind of bring in there and showcase, uh, it's just a $10 uh, entrance fee, but you can get in there at 7 a.m. Uh, and be set up by 8 o'clock. There'll be um, vendors there. There'll be all kinds of really cool giveaways and stuff. But uh, yeah, otherwise, it's free to the public from 8 a.m. to noon this Sunday morning um, at the Palm Beach Outlets off of I-95 in Palm Beach County. What he said. There you go. So make sure you uh, follow us on uh, Twitter and uh, join the forum. That's teslaownersonline.com. And, uh, yeah. Yeah. Easy for them to follow us now because our, our names are right here. Well, but, they, you but you're not on. So if you want to follow Trevor, he's at Model3Owners on Twitter. That's, again, M-O-D-E-L, the number three owners. Model you can also search for Tesla Owners Online. Same thing. <laughs> works, too. <laughs> We're just sharing the phone. Here. Follow us on uh, YouTube. Uh, we'll get the audio for this podcast up as soon as possible. Uh, this is our first go-round. We may try this again uh, intermittently down the road. But thank you, all of you, for chiming in, asking questions. And thank you for following us and subscribing to our shows. Uh, we love you all very, very much. Enjoy the rest of your night, your weekend, and your month. Be well, take care, and go electric. Good night, Ian. Bonsoir tout le monde. There you go. <laughs> yes, sir. Good night, folks. Good night.